truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us here today, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. I even wore my name tag today in case you forgot. You Steve, pointed at the wrong part did of I? your shirt. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone stop that banging up on the roof? What is that? All right, screw it. We'll just do it live. You know, when I looked in the camera, it looked like the right side. Uh, oh, I saw it too, but I didn't say anything. Um, I, I love that. Obviously, you did. I, I brought my name tag, but I but I I didn't I didn't bring my smarts, my SMRT smarts. Steve at stevedays.com is the email address. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be that day, isn't it? Uh, you can like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. I was in such a good mood when I came in here this morning too, oh, man. So I mean, sorry. you were like laughing like a, and st- you had a smile before the show started. It, it's a George Strait kind of day. It's the chill of an early fall out there. I've got all the windows down driving in this morning. You know, you can it smells brisk. Yeah, you know, like it yeah. will like a month from now, and I'm like, this it's is- almost here. The most wonderful time of the year is almost here. And and then the show begins, and now it's all downhill from here. How are you not Catholic? You are. You're oh, you t- mean my love of tradition? Smells and the bells kind of guy. I yeah. mean, it's like clockwork with you. Because I need a. I, I, now we're going to open a, a can of worms. Ultimately, I I have a high distrust of human nature. In general, I mean, guys, I don't even know where my own name tag is. Okay, so. Uh, I don't trust my own human nature, but but I, I have a, a high, high distrust of human nature. High. Like skyscraper-esque. That would be why. But we can we can have that conversation another time. Because there is there are a lot of the other things that I absolutely do love and adore. I'm big into I like the tradition, I like the pomp and the circumstance. I, I like feeling that something important is happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I just need the people that are overseeing the proceedings to believe that something important is happening here, if you know what no, I'm saying, I brother. Well, I know. Okay. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. I already said that, but I just felt like I just needed to reset things after the way they already begun. It is a Woe and Lamentation Wednesday, and we've already had some. Our prophet of Woe and Lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us later today to take us inside politics. We'll have buy, sell, or hold here at the bottom of the hour. Who knows what cornucopia of topics we will touch upon, including do you know your left from your right? That might even be one of the topics we will address, or perhaps we already have. This but is be- a football. Yes. Yes. This is, this is your name. This is your name here. Not here. Here. Yes. But before we get to any of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Patsy's. The New York Times reported this morning the guards responsible for keeping watch over the now deceased Jeffrey Epstein 
fell asleep and failed to check on him for about three hours. They then falsified records to cover up their mistake. That was apparently enough time for Epstein to hang himself in his cell at the high-security Metropolitan Correctional Center. President Trump was asked about the ongoing situation unfolding in Hong Kong. It's a very tricky situation. I think it'll work out, and I hope it works out for liberty. I hope it works out for everybody, including China. I hope it works out peacefully. I hope nobody gets hurt. I hope nobody gets killed. Learning Spanish today. Today's phrase is, cool revolution, guys. But I've got a dunk on Chris Cuomo. Genial revolución, muchachos, pero tengo que sumergirme en Chris Cuomo. The FBI is investigating an incident at the San Antonio Office of Immigration and Customs Enforcement. In the early hours of Tuesday morning, someone fired a few shots at the building and got away. No one was injured. The following story is a story that I could share a version of every single day. According to Immigration and Customs Enforcement, two illegal aliens are accused of raping an 11-year-old girl on multiple occasions. The alleged crimes took place in the sanctuary county of Montgomery in Maryland. Fox journalist Carlos Maza, the one responsible for successfully shaming YouTube into demonetizing Blaze TV host Steven Crowder's channel, is reportedly leaving Vox. According to the New York Post, Vox has been increasingly apprehensive of Maza's war against the right. Checking in on failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. We know that we also face foreign influence that is being denied by the White House, by the would-be tin-pot dictator of Donald Trump, but also that Moscow Mitch is stopping voter rights legislation and election security legislation. But we also know that they just lifted a consent decree that's kept Republicans and the RNC from going into local communities and intimidating voters by having off-duty officers tell people that they're monitoring their votes. For the first time since 1981, the RNC will be allowed to cheat and lie and go into polling places and scare voters. According to CNN reporter DJ Judd, presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg shook the hand of an elderly lady when she said, I shook Robert Kennedy's hand in 1968, to which Buttigieg responded, so you're good luck? The lady answered, not really. He was shot a month later. And finally, something weird is happening in Virginia. This courtesy of WPVI-TV. No need to adjust that dial. You are, in fact, seeing a person with a TV set on their head, laying an older set on someone's front porch, and just walking off. He wants to be known as the TV Santa Claus. I I don't know. The bizarre discovery happened Sunday morning in Henrico's Hampshire neighborhood. Outdated boxes were found at more than 50 homes. We got an old tube-style TV, 13-inch. I thought my son brought it home, but apparently not. They had way too much time on their hands if they had all these TVs and spread them out all over, you know, all over the neighborhood. Henrico police are tuned in to the situation. They have security camera video like this from multiple neighbors, but think it's only a prank targeting no one in particular. And that's what happened while we were away. Suddenly I don't feel so bad about not knowing which side of my shirt my name was on. You're good. You're good. That neighborhood strike you as, given the real estate uh, that you saw there on that video, folks that maybe need an extra TV set or two think that neighborhood maybe is in need of some of that. What in the literal hell was that? I mean, I, I, I went to the movies with Amy on Sunday and there was a commercial that involved a DJ with a marshmallow on his head. 
And I'm like, well, early for Halloween pranks. And my wife is like, no, that this is a real thing. There's like a popular DJ. His name is Marshmallow. And he wears a giant marshmallow on his head. And I was like, can't you all just get strung out on coke and heroin like our rock, like our pop stars did and just do a behind the music special 20 years from now? I mean, a marshmallow on your head? Really? But yes, that is a that is apparently a thing. Our men are really 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 bored. Yes, indeed. Hey, Aaron's Montage brought to you by Tommy John. As summer sizzles, do you feel like you're cooking in your clothes? If you can't handle the heat, you might need new underwear. And Tommy John has the perfect solution. Tommy John's innovative, cool cotton underwear for men and women is a summer must-have. It's like your own on-body air conditioner. Tommy John's cool cotton fabric features breathable, lightweight fibers that keep you two to three times cooler and dry four to five times faster than regular cotton. Their men's underwear features a contour pouch to keep you neat and nestled in there plus their quick draw fly for rapid deployment saves you all kinds of minutes of unnecessary fumbling and readjustments uh, in public places uh, throughout the year and all their underwear comes in a range of styles and fabrics that are suited to your entire summer wardrobe Um, hey right now take advantage of this I I use this stuff it's it's really good man I, I was skeptical okay but where I really see a huge difference, not just this time of year, at the gym. I mean, just the, the it, it's so much better. And um, let's, let's go with nicer. Yeah, it's a, let's go with that word. So much better and nicer, particularly if you have, a, have, an, have an active uh, lifestyle. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Steve now to get 20% off of your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Steve. For 20% off, go there right now, get 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash Steve. Fellas, I'm telling you, especially if you are active, huge difference here, man. Huge difference in the way you can bend and work uh, and not uh, have to pick at the gym with the regular underwear and the way you feel afterwards, huge difference. tommyjohn.com slash Steve for 20% off. All right, let's get to Aaron's, Aaron's montage here. Um. We're going to touch on the Hong Kong situation with our old friend Jordan Schachtel is going to be joining us. Uh, he's kind of one of our go-to guys when it comes to foreign policy issues. He's going to be joining us today in the overtime. So if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you can uh, make sure that you're waiting for that to show up later today in your feed. If you're not yet one and you want to watch that and all of the other exclusive content that gets produced each day for Blaze TV subscribers, just use my name as a promo code, blazetv.com slash dace, blazetv.com slash slash days that'll give you the discounted subscription to blaze tv for a year so let's let's table that topic for a moment we've been having conversations this week on does truth and accountability really matter on any level and and now we are devolving from republicans don't want motor voter laws because they want to deny minorities the right to vote. Now, the implication here, you have to understand what the implication of these notions, or uh, they want voter ID to deny minorities the right to vote. The implication is here that if you're a minority, you're too stupid to have a voter ID. Uh, essentially, what they're saying is minority voters are the Chris Rock character 
from I'm going to get you, sucker, that y'all just walk into the polling booth. How much for one vote? What do I have to do to vote one time? Like you guys couldn't, you know, go buy Sudafed at a drugstore, which requires a photo ID. You couldn't be expected to, you know, literally do anything in America because almost everything in America requires a photo ID, hotel room, rent a car. You guys couldn't like, if you're a minority, the implication is here, you, you can't be trusted to function on a basic American level. And that's what, really what they're saying. I mean, it's inherently racist. Like, we should just expect you to be dumber, less informed, less equipped for daily American life. That's the implication. But now we are devolving from that now to Republicans are actively, like, enlisting uh, uh, armed security, off-duty police officers to go in there and guard you against voting. Isn't there a part of you guys sometimes that wishes the Republican Party was like 10% of what Democrats claim? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. This you, is your Donald Trump theory about yeah, if you we yes. actually want to see some yeah. of the... Uh, Miss Abrams, here's what I can tell you. He's not a dictator. Nowhere else in the world do you get to go on a free television station and call the dictator a heinous dictator and then walk out of said free television studio. That doesn't happen. Like not only anywhere else in the world, like nowhere else in world history does that occur. You don't, if, if the first rule of fascism is you don't get to call the fascist a fascist uh, for free. Just ask the people of Hong Kong, okay? Um, but these sorts of devolutions, I'd like to know who believes this. And I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I, give me the profile of who believes this, of who believes that the Republican Party has armed off-duty police officers guarding watch over polling places to make sure non-white people cannot vote. And I've got a sneaking suspicion, by the way. In fact, can I throw out a buy-seller hold a little early? Do you guys mind? Sure. A little premature Buy, seller, holdage. You guys okay with this? Sure. Buy, seller, hold. The only people outside of the folks that just peddle these narratives in the media, the only, the only private citizens that believe what Stacey Abrams are selling, is selling. Buy, seller, hold. They're all white. They're all, all right. white. Uh, they've, and, they've all, they, and they have a four-year degree from some major American university. Those are the only people no black people believe this not not, not like, like none of them they're 12 percent of the u.s population none do everyone that believes what stacy abrams is peddling is some white progressive with a median income above one hundred and twenty-five thousand a year and a four-year degree from a major university buy seller hold aaron buy todd i will sell only because it's not that airtight but you are. You think the general? I'm, the I'm general around the target here. The you general think. thrust is absolutely right. Right. Okay. So this is just. We are. She's a race hustler. Then is what we're saying. Oh yes, yes. This is this bye, is the, bye, bye. Th- this is the next this next phase of the of of what Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were doing in the eighties, the nineties, in the two thousands. This is the next phase now, and this is really just about shaking down uh, the folks who've got money to keep sending Pete Buttigieg money. Uh, right? That, yes. That's really what we're talking about. Oh, then. yes. Then this is just a hustle. Oh, yes. All right.
Well, as the great prophet Snoop Dogg once said, hate the gay, not the player. Um, let's go to the, 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 the latest with Jeffrey Epstein. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny. My Twitter feed is, is, has, has numerous responses to me today saying that because I don't believe that Jeffrey Epstein just unilaterally was, was able to commit suicide in a maximum security prison as its most high-profile prisoner, just hours after the first docu-dump was released that implicated major names we'd not yet heard connected with him. Um, that this, is an, this is an example of how I've sold out to Trump. When, when Bob Vanderplas was on here the other day talking about there's two great ditches out there, and, and we need to try to avoid them both. This is an example of it. Um, there's two people here in this conversation. One of them has been implicated in the Jeffrey Epstein story and is a known past associate as being on record of having known and been an associate of Jeffrey Epstein. And then there's a guy named Steve Dace. Which one is Donald Trump, do you think? Can, can someone explain to me how not buying in to what is an obvious, obvious fake news narrative means you're selling out to Trump? Isn't he the one? Isn't he one of the people that's been implicated as having a past association with Jeffrey Epstein? Don't we know this for a fact? Isn't he even on record saying so? Now, there's been nothing on record saying that Trump partook of what Mr. Epstein was peddling. But... I don't know. I, I would tend to think that Trump might be one of the people who's probably got a vested interest in maybe this thing kind of just going away. I don't know. But, but can you explain this to me? How, how not buying that Jeffrey Epstein were in a maximum security prison where everything is nailed, uh, nailed, bolted to the floorboards, was able to get the materials to hang himself? Is a Trump is a means I've sold out to the Trump cult. Do you do, do you understand how that works? Didn't you start out the show talking about whether or not truth and reason matter at all anymore? I think you answered your own question. I, I have come to the conclusion, guys, that the the only reason you would disagree with me is you're a grifter who is on the take. Is the click servative version of the left's um, only people who are racist, xenophobic, misogynist, homophobes would just not see things my way, right? Isn't that kind of the the fake rights version of that? Oh, yeah. yeah they, they, there's up. no other reason you could see things differently than you just must be a grifter on the take. You sell out. That's the only reason you could you could look at facts and come to a different conclusion than me. Yep, it's the uh, it's the rights form of uh, identity politics. Whatever you think of my favorite uh, politician, fill in the blank, is uh, what I think of you, or determines of uh, determines what I think of or you. Or the politician I hate the most, for that yep. matter. Yeah. So we're going to roll out here. This is, in my view, this is this is a th- this is this is they're testing here. They're they're test they're testing they're test driving a smell test. They're trying to see if they can throw something out there to to and, and if this will be palatable to you. All right, and and so the through the, you do it through the New York Times, which is you know the austere publication, uh, and um, the 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 theory is we're going to go here with the Patsy formula, you know, like this is like the, you know, this this is like when you do when you go buy the conspiracy for dummies book, you know, and page one, find a Patsy, okay, 
I mean, we're, we're, we're entering Mr. Bean territory here with this. That's how bad this is. All right. So your earnest goes to Supermax. Did tweet you like was, that? Oh, yeah. So for those of you that didn't see that, here's 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 the the official story alternative. Their first attempt. Now, this is just version 1.0. And, and if this doesn't fly, there'll be other versions. OK, so version 1.0 is that an entire federal maximum security prisons um, systems were totally undone because two security guards fell asleep overnight. That's that's the first official story that, that's being peddled your way. That the enti- an entire maximum security federal prison, all the safeguards, all the processes, all the checkpoints, all the surveillance, but hot damn, they can be undone by nap time. That, 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 if that's right, man. If 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 Shemp and Mo, you know, uh, carb overdose, on a, or or you know, uh, smoke the wrong vape on a break, and 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 pass out at two a.m. Who knows who's roaming these streets? Katie, bar the door. We're going with that. We're going with Ernest goes to Supermax. That's what we're going with. No one's going to be able to believe these Stallone movies he's making right now where he has to get out of these, he right. designs prisons and now he has to I mean, get out of them. That, they, that's the first, that's our first official attempt. The guards fell asleep. We're going with that. That's really, that's the best we could do. This town needs a better class of criminal. Please stop insulting us. Come up with something. At this point, I'd prefer Joe Scarborough's uh, The Russians Took Him Out for Trump uh, Conspiracy. At least have some damn imagination, please. A maximum security. Maximum. What does the word maximum mean? Aaron, can you look that up? Go to dictionary.com right here in real time for me, if you wouldn't mind. uh, Google and find out what maximum means. Because I I, kind of think it, it at least implies... Maximum, like the best you can do, the most you could hope for, the the highest you could aspire. Right? I think, I think oh, it means I it work right. release with conjugal yeah. visits. Okay, <laughs> I got it right here. All right, what does it mean? Uh, stop asking questions, or you're next. Okay. <laughs> My name is Steve. <laughs> um, uh, as great, high, or intense as possible, or permitted. Intense. That's what you think of with nap time. That was an intense nap, dude. So for two guys, not just one. The we're gonna go with nap time in a maximum security prison. So we're going with the Patsy theory. I mean, that's that's what we're going with. We're going with the the oldest. I mean, it, it's it's at the it's same page t- one yeah. in conspiracy for dummies. Like like they're sitting somewhere right now in 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 the resource recesses of some dank formerly used office building. Coming through the pages, they get to page one. All right, let's, Patsy, go. Let's try that. All right. At the same time, by the way, that the video surveillance system apparently is, is not working. That's, uh, there's, there's another factor there that you have to believe, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know why you would believe any of this. I, I just don't. And, and this could, whole thing could just be as simple as, this is still a billionaire, I'm guessing, with some a- access to his assets. Of course, they'd get frozen when he got arrested, but you know he's got assets. Just you know, th- It's not like there's one bank account out there, right? 
Somewhere along the line, he's got somebody, some associates that could liquidate something. You go find a couple of guards making 40, 50K a year trying to figure out how to put their kids through college, right? And you, and you pay one of them off to look the other way while you off yourself. It could just be as simple as that. Like this doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be intergalactic here. It doesn't have to, the deep state. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't mean it's not either. But if you, if, 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 if we're at a point, folks, that a maximum security federal prison's entire safeguard system can be undone because two jabronis fell asleep in the middle of the night. Teach your kids Arabic, right? I mean, I, what do we... How, how... Come on, man. Come on. So, let me help you guys, all right? I know a little bit about crafting narratives. I know a little bit about uh, vivid, ima- vivid imagery, writing. I know a little bit about strategy, plot devices, okay? At, at, at this point, I just, I'm insulted now, really. I'm just, I'm insulted by the whole damn thing. I've gone from offended, oh, I'm still offended. Uh, and, I've, and, and I'm still broken over the whole thing because this is just beyond silly. But, I'm, but now I've added offended to the, to the mix. I'm offended now that the, the internal deep state plotting of a, of a nation this great, maybe I've just seen too many episodes of the X-Files, but it, a country that, taking in, uh, down a country this, of this magnitude internally, it should just have a better story than this, don't you think? It's got to have a better, it needs, there needs to be more than, hey, Ma, how about we just say the guards fell asleep, right? Is, is, are, are you guys trying to take out America or remake Throw Mama from the train? I mean, what, what's happening here, really? Please tell me you've got better than this, please. And if not, all right, because I just can't watch. It, it, don't, don't, don't. Don't bore me while you're, you know, practicing a silent coup. I mean, give me, give me something compelling. Give me something worthy of being afraid of you. Tell me that you're working at this. Tell me you're taking your opponents seriously. Tell me there's any self-awareness, but give me something better than the guards fell asleep. Really? Try page two. On conspiracy for dummies. I mean, you know, go to the next page. Look at your options. See what else is out there. And come up with something better than the guards fell asleep. Do you guys buy this on any level at all? You know, I was actually this morning thinking through this. And I thought, you know what? With as incompetent and, you know, just systemically uh, corrupt and hopeless and inept that basically all levels of Every institution in the United States seems to be, it would not shock me if something like this happened. But then you start to think about it a little bit more, the chances of both guards falling asleep yeah. at the same time while the video surveillance system. Right. And how come they hadn't fallen come, asleep when there was another come, high profile prisoner in there? It, yeah. And yeah. why was it only at, why wasn't, uh, why wasn't, why was this incident only after 
Epstein was taken off of suicide watch and right. not maybe before. And then after his cellmate had been removed earlier in the day. Uh, the number of, yeah, right? the number of things that you have to believe to believe the narrative that it was just, oh, just two guys fell asleep at the same time. Uh, the amount of things that you have to believe is just beyond the pain. This is more random. We're entering into, uh, there's more random coincidences they're asking us to believe here than Darwinian evolution here. All right. I mean, you, what, how you just laid that out. So then you don't have any other safeguards in place. What if the guards had fallen asleep the night before and a terrorist had gotten out? In fact, let me throw something crazy that would like never happen. All right. Just to make my point. All right. What if the guards had fallen asleep like three days earlier and like some uh, illegal aliens that should have been criminally deported long before had managed to get out because the guards fell asleep and then they went out there and like raped a couple of kids to death. I mean, I'm saying like anything that would happen or might have already been in uh, Aaron's montage uh, today, in fact. Uh, but, you know, just hypothetically speaking here, how lucky we are. You know, maybe we're looking at this wrong, folks. How lucky we must be, how fortunate we must be as a people that uh, Mo and Shemp didn't fall asleep any of those other previous days when any of those other dangerous prisoners in a maximum security uh, facility could have taken advantage. And they only and they waited to fall asleep on the job when it was just in time for Jeffrey Epstein to kill himself. I mean, we are just damned lucky and fortunate here. Another example. We are indeed an exceptional country. Hey, if you have been struggling to hit the benchmarks you were hoping for in the battle against your bulge and, and you're trying hard, you've been working hard, but you're just not seeing the progress that you expected and maybe you're getting close to being discouraged. Before you tap out, check out RidUZone because this could be the missing link uh, in uh, in your journey. All right, and, and all RidUZone is, is it wants to boost the signal that goes from your gut to your brain uh, to let the brain know when you're full. Why let the brain know? Because the brain controls every other system in the body. That's why. All right. So um, this could be why you're struggling with portion sizes. It's it. Maybe you've heard it's, you know, it's, it's what you're eating. It's not unless you have food allergies than it is. But if it's, it, it, if this is about getting healthier, then it's really about how much you're eating, not what you're eating. Okay. So it, it, it can help you with cravings as well. You know, you start thinking about now, oh, man, I'm starving at 10 o'clock at night. And then you fall asleep 30 minutes later, right? So this is where Riduzone can give you uh, maybe that that added extra boost you've been looking for. It's just this signal. It's called OEA that goes from the gut to the brain to say, the belly is full, let's move on, and we don't have to be so focused on uh, feeling hungry and, and food. If you want to give it a shot, um, it's not loaded with chemicals, stimulants, it's just... Oh, yeah, that's all that it is. Riduzone.com is the website. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code. They'll give you a special offer when you do at Riduzone.com. And now we begin our weekly game of Buy, Sell, or Hold. This is when our producer, Aaron, throws out a series of predictions, statements, etc., 
usually with the help uh, from his friends and those of you in the audience and prompting. Todd, you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? We might even, if you're lucky, have a, a real reason why that might be the case. Or given the spirit of the age, it just might be totally arbitrary because that's how he feels right now. Okay. Once per show, we are permitted a hold. But if you use said hold for any other reason other than this is beneath even my meager intellect, then the dude code calls for you to be mercilessly mocked, perhaps even scourged. Aaron. All right. We'll begin with Constantinos Roditis, who sponsors but does not fund this very segment. Also, he has a fun name to pronounce. Major League Baseball is considering shifting the enforcement of the strike zone away from human umpires to TrackMan, a radar-based ball tracking system. This will happen in the next five years. I'll let you take this one first. Um, Because nothing makes sense. Bye. I, I just think this is... We continue to fundamentally not understand why we have sports in the first place, I think, when we obsess about things like this we're just we're turning it into the clerical bureaucratic elitist nonsense uh and you know what we get when we do this stuff we don't know what a catch is anymore it takes forever it doesn't make anything easier we deserve it so yeah of course it's going to happen you're probably right but because i think i can make a compelling case for the other side i will sell okay please And and I'm going to sell on the fact that two of the three most powerful private sector unions in the United States of America are both in Major League Baseball. I would say the three most powerful private sector unions in this country are the Major League Baseball Players Association, the NBA Players Association, and the Major League Baseball Umpires Association. And if, if... this is a this is such a massive step to automation that if you go to this if you go to this point then you're just 5 years away from just removing umpires altogether and not needing them and i i think that uh human nature has a tendency not to just take um such um, replacementism lying down and that that umpiring union and i've had the pleasure of knowing some of the prominent members of that union because they live right here in des moines one of them in particular i used to work with them for several years tim mcclellan um i I just can't see them they got a nice gig man what do they make minimum quarter of a million a year something like that is their minimum salary a real well they make a really nice uh, living i i can't see them just rolling over because this is this is a massive step to automation i mean the most the most clear role for any umpire in the game of baseball is the calling of balls and strikes that's why we it's the phrase we associate with umpiring a situation well i'm just calling balls and strikes here take that away and we're going to have that to that i don't know why you wouldn't have automation on the foul poles i don't know why you wouldn't have it at a foul line i don't know why you wouldn't put automation just sit there and and um have somebody in a booth determining whether you're safe at second or not so i i think I'm going to sell on the ground that the umpires are going to say, on the major league level anyway, I, I could see this being you know a money-saving thing in uh, independent leagues, maybe even low A kind of minor league baseball, but I, I can't believe the, the Umpires Association would just roll over for this, knowing where 
this conversation ultimately goes. It goes with with them being no longer necessary. They go extinct. I I think the fact that it's gotten this far just shows that the the Umpires Association isn't nearly as strong as you think it is. I think they would ultimately have to rely on the Players Association to come and take their back. It's really going to be up to them, I think. The the, the players are going to have to strike on behalf of the umpires uh, and and also start to realize that this thing is going down a weird rabbit hole that we just don't trust. But then you see people, you know, you've seen several things with um, what's his the the outfielder on the Yankees who's just gone nuts against umpires lately. I don't know. Maybe the writing's just on the wall, but it's sad, not just because this is something I was trained at professionally. Uh, I still do. I just, I don't, I don't think this, this is good for the game. This is, this is, uh, antiseptic. Um, they already do what you're talking about with, you know, call, close calls at second base, every close call. I mean, there's no, there's hardly any arguing anymore about calls anymore because they just say, Hey, look at the tape. They come out and do it. The fact that the umpires are already that emasculated, I just think it's common. Do you think it's possible this is pushing back, trying to get back? Because you know what John Stossel did a fantastic documentary several years ago on teacher unions. And one of the things that he pointed out was he he brought in the flow chart of what it takes to fire a teacher Mm -hmm. in the New York City public school district. That flow chart pretty much applies to firing an umpire. Like no matter how many calls you blow, I mean, the, the accountability mechanisms... Uh, it's it's damn near impossible because of the power of that union. I think this is a this is a ploy to try to leverage them on some level where that's concerned. Maybe, maybe it was before, but it. it but then it you worked. let the genie it, out of the bottle, and okay. yeah, it All worked. Right. This is more like football. Every football's doing it, and we gotta. This is keeping up with the cool kids. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's more frustrating. This is if this worked the way people said it was going to work at the outset in any sport, we wouldn't be talking about it all the time. See, I I am I think there's a distinction because I do agree with you. There's a broader for those who don't care about this particular application. It, it there is a broader debate worldview debate here, and it and it's the same thing that occurs when it comes to a welfare state to when it comes to um, it's can we can if if we can get it right, shouldn't we? To there is an expectation that that the outcome is never wrong. To me, I think there's a giant distinction there. And and the idea, one of them is, hey, we can be innovative. We have technology. I, I've brought this up before. Took my kid to took my son to the College World Series when Michigan was there. I mean, they had umpires right there on the field. Guy stole a bag. They went up to the booth, had an answer in thirty seconds whether that was the right call or not. Right didn't interfere with the game or anything at all. And, and everybody, clearly the umpires were in control. It just, if we can get it right, then let's get it right. What I hear you talking about though, is this is now becoming an issue of, well, we, sh- we, sh- the outcome should never be wrong. Yeah. Like we can guarantee a certain outcome. We're making we can the perfect perfect, enemy of the good. Yeah. We can perfect a process, right? That, that, and it's this idea that you should never, ever have to face an unfair situation, that, that we can somehow remove that from the human experience. And that worldview is what is, is really at the heart of, this, of spirit of the age progressivism. Yes. And, and the same thing, this is for those of you that don't understand, you're not in a baseball, you don't care. Why is he so passionate about this? And some of it is, it's his favorite sport. 
but the other part of it is there's it, it's the same thing with me when I when we start talking about paying college athletes and compensating them. I mean, as a capitalist, I think the one who's doing it the most of the work and putting in most of the risk should, you know, the worker is worth his hire, right? Mm-hmm. But most of the people that are demanding that the college players be compensated more aren't looking at it from that perspective. They think, well, they're being victimized. They're being used. Well, they get the best health care in the world. They're getting, by many accounts, the best education in the world. Everything they eat is free. They're getting a stipend. All of their living arrangements are free. Actually, most college players even on a football team, like at Alabama, the starting right guard at Alabama is a loss leader for the program, meaning he's not that big of a commodity on an open market. You know, a Tua Tagovailoa is, but how many Tua Tagovailoas are there even at Alabama? A Trevor Lawrence is, but how many Trevor Lawrences are there even at a Clemson? Does anybody think the punter at Clemson isn't getting a great deal? Right? Right. He's not a victim. But there's this, the problem is those that are trying to associate social justice utopianism, they're trying to impose this into the debate over, hey, it's a reasonable debate. Every game's on TV now. There's documentaries that make money, um, video games and accessories. It's 25 bucks just for a shirt with your team's favorite, with your favorite team's logo on it. If that's all it says, right? I mean, this isn't the 1990s anymore. It's, it, the economic conditions have changed. The Big Ten is paying its schools $50 million a year from its own TV deal. It, it's perfectly reasonable as a capitalist to look at that and say, you know, it, it, it might be more than just a straight-up scholarship for, you know, uh, for playing now, given the increased value. And, the, and they've looked at that. That's why they've added cost of attendance. That's why they've given you unlimited meals. And, and now you can even take—they're paying for trips for your parents to come to games, stuff they didn't do before. These are, these are acknowledgments that this economy has scale has, was weighted too heavily in one direction in recent years, right? right? And as a capitalist, I'm for increasing that weighting. But what's happening now, though, is you've got a whole bunch of people. And so last week— when a guy who quit on his team in the fourth week, and I don't blame Kelly Bryant for quitting. He got replaced to be the starting quarterback. He wasn't going to be the quarterback. Only one guy can play. He's only got one year of eligibility left. I don't blame him. When I say he quit on his team, it's not like he's a quitter. You know, um, Ben Shapiro calls Todd Erzin and says, come to the Daily Wire for three times what Dace is paying you. You quit. Did you quit? Did you quit? Sure. Yeah, but are you a quitter? Right. No, you acted in your own best interest, yes. right? So he quits on his team to act in his own best interest, just like Dabo Sweeney, his coach, quit on him to act in his best interest by benching him for Trevor Lawrence, right? Yes. We used to just, as dudes, understand this is how the world works. You act in your best interest, I act in mine, and may the best man win, right? Mm-hmm. But this whole thing about, well, he left his team in the fourth week of the season. They, had, they played 11 more games. Why didn't he get a championship ring? became like this social justice warrior cause last week. And and I agree with you as someone who is generally pro-replay, because if we can innovatively get something right, why not? But I, I, I understand where you're coming from, that this is, this is not what this is really about now. This is social justice utopianism, the expectation that every outcome can never be wrong. There can never be a wrong outcome. That life will always be fair. That we can always make things work out. And it's spilling into all of, uh, in, into every aspect now of where we oh. go to enjoy ourselves as Americans, including in our, including in the way we're conducting ourselves in the sports realm. That's what I see you pointing out. Yeah, and it's going to get ridiculous because of that 
and and the the officials on the field should have taken care of that uh, Saints Rams right. no call. Um, but now what? You can you can review all the time or just in the last two minutes a non call. Yeah, how does this work in in, in the NFL? Uh, now they're you. The challenges are the same. They just added pass interference to the challenge. But isn't or are they just discussing like you will be able to review? It's not just calls that were made that you disagree with. They're talking about if you think a call should have been made but wasn't, you will be able to. Well, yeah, they've got a master control booth in New York City well, that I mean, monitors. But it's the NFL is also only they have a game on a Thursday, right? But and a game on a Monday night. But the rest of their games are all on the same but day. Here's what it's going to be. It's not going to be that that call like that. We're. It's going to be. Uh, I think because you know, we all agree that on some level holding. Is going on on almost every play. Sure. So we're gonna we're gonna right. super slow mo it, and we're gonna do that just like we did on a swipe tag when the ball beat him. There's listen in, in umpiring. Here's the thing. There's a Greg people Ma- should know you went to you went to umpiring. I went to school. pro umpire school. Yeah. Listen, there's there's Greg Maddox who puts that pitch all the time on the outside corner, and he earns the respect uh, of umpires. There's if you are kind of wild and you have a catcher setting up on the inside corner. And it, the ball ends up on the outside corner, and the catcher is doing this to catch it. And that ball may be technically within the strike zone, mm-hmm. but if there's a catcher going all over the place, you know, it, it looks ridiculous. It makes it really hard on you to call balls and strikes. And if that happens, you're far more likely to give that guy a ball if it's around the outside corner than you are going to a strike. Now, that that's... A nuance of the game that is a beautiful thing. Here, a robot is g- g- gonna t- give that guy the same strike, it, it, and if it's and it might be grazing the black, just like Greg, Greg Maddox did. And you're, but Greg Maddox is a fantastic Hall of Fame pitcher, and the, the other guy is not. And that's baseball, not the damn robot umpire. All right, and the point of why we even do these things, the beauty of it, the song, the soundtrack to it is just being gutted for what Steve is talking about. Everybody is just trying to keep up with the Joneses and keeping it right. Well, all the same kind of people also think keeping it right means there's 50 genders now. This is all related. Right. See, I think I'm, I don't think we can create an equality of outcomes. I don't. Because I don't believe human nature is basically good. We're you're in this world. We you will have many troubles, right? And there's another aspect to this debate too that we don't have to open this can of worms because it's a whole other conversation. But the legalized sports wagering, I think, is a factor in this too. In that, if if you run into situations now where where I went into the state of Louisiana sports book, you know, and and I I, I put five grand down on the Saints to beat the Rams. And, you know, that every, we, we had that video where the referees literally watch the pass interference. They're standing right there in front of it. Look at each other and then don't call it. And, and your league, you're, you're supposed to be policing and regulating this exercise that is now legislated speculation. Like we have the SEC for the stock market, for example, okay, or, or the commodities markets. I'm going to sue your ass. When it's very clear that you have had a fraudulent outcome that you could have, by your own rules, avoided happening. That's an illegitimate outcome. 
that's the whole that's a whole other angle of liability to this that I think adds a and and it's not what's driving this debate right now. I agree it, with you. What's driving this debate are these progressive utopian notions that we can we can make sure everything's always good. All right? Because we're just getting into the legalized sports wagering around the country, but eventually this is going to happen. Eventually people are going to look at these leagues and say, "Why aren't you policing your processes for applying your own rules the way that you know, I know, I know going in that if if I invest in a in a Ponzi scheme, the feds will come in once that's exposed and prosecute that person. You didn't fire any referees. You didn't reassign anybody. You didn't admit any guilt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that is going to be added to this debate, and that will be a worthwhile conversation when that occurs. When when all when billions of dollars above the table now start exchanging hands. Because these leagues don't provide any accountability for their officiating whatsoever at all. You can't ref in, in colleges, you can't interview the officials after a game to find out why they made a call, et cetera. When that starts to go down, that I think is going to push this more, Todd, I believe. I think you're right. And, but that's not, that's a separate conversation from the one that we're having. I, I agree with you. This is the larger notion in our culture today that no one should ever have their feelings hurt. No one should ever face a disappointment. Yeah. And before instant replay, we knew what a catch was, Steve. Agreed. We knew it. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. All right, we'll come back. More buy, seller, hold. I, I had no idea where we were going to get 20 minutes on that conversation. That was awesome. But, but, it, but it's a broader conversation than just baseball umpires. More buy, seller, hold here in a moment. All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review via the podcast platform of your choice, thank you if you like us. If you don't, don't lie. But if you do like us, maybe embellish how much you like us all the more. Thousands of you have done this for us already. Thank you. You have done your part to help us uh, cater favor with our malevolent overlords known as the algorithms who rule us all. It is not Skynet nor the HAL 9000. It is the algorithms. They control uh, what you see and and what people think about you, frankly. So when you guys give us those five-star reviews, the algorithms uh, are faked into believing people actually like this stuff. And then they help us find more people like you by suggesting us to more people. And then we get to more likely continue to do this. See, it's the circle of life in the 21st century, folks. So keep those five-star reviews coming. If you haven't given us one yet, please consider doing so. Thank you to all of you that have already done so. All right, let's get back to Buy, seller Hold, brought to you this part two, brought to you by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are getting all the way into a booming real estate market right now, make sure you find an agent that you can trust. I don't know about your neighborhood, but it's a cornucopia of signs out there. Uh, companies that I've not seen in my market before. Some of them are are big time names that I know are reputable because they've stood the test of time. Other ones I'm not so sure about. So if that's going on in your neck of the woods as well, how do you make sure you can find an agent that you can trust? Well, that's where realestateagentsitrust.com comes in. This is different than other referral services. This is not about finding clients for agents. This is about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. 
agents that have been vetted because they've got proven track records. They've got a marketing plan other than let's do another open house this week. And they actually return calls and they care and are sensitive to your schedule and, and just how many things you can do at the last minute. If that sounds like the agent you'd like to do business with, go find your real estate agent that you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, getting back to buy, sell, hold. Reality Chaser says if the Republicans pass red flag gun laws this year, Trump loses the election and the Senate next year. So I'm going to sell, but it doesn't mean that your logic is wrong. Right. Okay. Your logic is correct. I had a reporter from the Wall Street Journal reach out to me yesterday and ask me about this. And I emailed him a quote and all it said, and all I told him was when you're only president because of, of, by fewer than 78,000 votes spread out over three states, it doesn't require you alienating too much of your own base to ensure your own defeat the next time around. That's all that I told him, right? And I think that lines up with what reality chaser is saying. But I think we have to acknowledge and we've been doing that on this show for the last couple of years now, that the symbiotic relationship between the way people see Republicans and Democrats together, it's more interconnected than it ever was before. And I don't like it, by the way, because it, it, it helps Republicans to continue to believe they can continue to screw people like you and just get away with it over and over and over again. But... We have a major American political party that is radicalized outside of the American mainstream on virtually every issue imaginable. I mean, like every issue imaginable. They're outside of the American mainstream. What do I mean by that? Let me, can, can I quantify that for a second, do you mind? Because when I say that, it doesn't mean, by the way, because the symbiotic relationship sadly doesn't work the other way. The, the American people are not responding by well, in response to the Democrats being the furthest leftist radicals we've ever seen, we're going to become the most right-wing gen pop we've ever been. That's not happening, all right? I wish it worked that way. See, the, it only works between the two political parties. It is not working where the voters are at on the issues. So I'll give you some practical examples. Most voters would be like, you know, I don't think a carbon emission tax is a terrible idea. I'm kind of concerned about what Pennsylvania and West Virginia are doing to the environment. And they'd vote for that. If, if, if they disliked the Republican candidate enough, they would vote for that. Is that what the Democrats are offering? Shut down all fracking as soon as possible, and West Virginia and Pennsylvania must be declared we have 13, hazardous 12, waste 11, zones. We have 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 uh, years left. Yes. We're all dead here in 10 minutes. And so if you're one of those voters like, I don't know, if you're going to use a lot of carbon emissions and pollute more, then... I don't know that it's bad that you pay a tax. Uh, that's uh, uh, Everybody must be banned. Okay. You're just kind of feeling like, where do I go now? Right? Most Americans are like, well, I don't like abortion on demand. I don't think that's a good idea, but I, I wouldn't want Roe v. Wade overturned. And, you know, I mean, heaven forbid I got my mistress knocked up. I'd kind of like to dispense with the evidence if I could. Or if my teenage daughter had too much fun on prom night, I'd like her to be able to do the same thing. Or... Heaven forbid, even something worse, a tragedy, a rape occurred. I'd, I'd like my daughter to be able to, to move on with her life. Right? That's, where mo that's what most Americans think. 
Democrats are like, when the baby is born, you may set it out on the table and then literally, as it's taking its first few breaths, decide whether to let it live. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really sure where I go with, with kind of my notions of how this thing ought to work. You want to know where most Americans are? They're Clay Travis, man. Most Americans are Clay Travis. That's why his career is taking off. Because he's really where most of America is at. A, a, a liberal Democrat who didn't leave the Democratic Party, it, it left him. Like, he just wanted government to permit you to do all the stuff God says is bad and dumb. But he's not totally not down with government making you do it if you don't. And then, like, multiplying the dumb from there. <laughs> all right? Because in the end, he wants to get rich, too. He wants to enjoy America, too. He wants to have a nice house out in the suburbs, too. Most of America is Clay Travis, the sportscaster. That's what most of America is. It's not us, and it ain't them. So when you have a major political party saying to that group of people, unless, unless, you, would get, unless you get a tramp stamp of a hammer and sickle, you're a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobe, what you will tolerate from what you perceive as your only other option increases dramatically. Not to mention, when you are people like us, who are the ones getting shafted by the party that's supposed to represent you on a daily basis, what you will permit, the, the human psyche will say, will wrestle with itself. Can I give myself permission to protest your treachery, knowing that the, the, the likely alternative outcome is a bazooka in my face and, and they fire repetitively, right? Yeah. I think you have to reality chaser and everybody else who asks things like this. Will it hurt him? Yes. Could it conceivably be the kind of thing that if the economy gets soft, tanks enough of his support that he loses? Yes. But it's not as automatic as it was even five or 10 years ago, because we have a communist party operating in the open in America. And, and I think a lot of people right now are doing the math on the fly, man, how much do I really can't stand Donald Trump? How much do I really want his Twitter account really to go away? Because they're not offering a safe Harbor for those people. They're not. I mean, you've heard it said from others. I'd, I'd give attribution, but this has been quoted by so many other people that I, I, it would take me 10 minutes to attribute everybody that's coined this phrase. All the Democrats have to do is not be crazy. In fact, you know who one of the people who says this is? Bill Maher says it. All they have to do is just not be crazy and they will beat him, but they can't avoid being crazy. They can't avoid it. And to that point, one of the things that could happen if they pass red flag legislation and probably will happen is that red flag legislation will be abused. And this will boomerang back and, and have pe the very people you're talking about who were frustrated at the time it was passed then rallying around, we told you, and then yep. they'd still vote for Trump. So yeah. it's, you just don't know. And by the way, I think, I, I, I think the Democrats would walk away right now from, from that. Yeah. But that wouldn't be good at, because of what I just said. All right, you know what, man? There's got to be some way to flag some bad dudes before you know they walk into the next Walmart and shoot it up. Ban all the guns and disarm yourself while we're telling you there is a fascist in the White House. 
So anyway, what do you guys think about, you know, like better screening? Ban all the weapons and the Second Amendment must be repealed. They don't offer a, 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 a port in the storm for people like most Americans. And I don't think we have figured out what that's going to. In fact, it might change election by election, depending on what kind of person the Republican Party uh, throws out there on a personal level. Are they likable? Where are they at on the issues, et cetera? All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, go to Raymond Fava, who says, upon receiving the nod of approval, uh, nod of approval from Trump for a possible congressional campaign, Kirk Schilling should primary the useless Martha McSally instead of running for the House. That would be fun. Uh, well, I would buy, but I, I think the problem, the problem with with your premise and why I'm going to sell it is tell me in, in which primary has Trump been willing to throw his weight around to get rid of the rhinos. In fact, what's happened is you've actually got rid of a couple of people with good voting records because they wouldn't uh, slurp all over Trump. So he got rid of them and replaced them with rhinos. <laughs> right? Like what have with Mark Sanford in South Carolina, for example. Okay, so I, I, I have seen no appetite for Donald Trump to internally fight his, uh, the Republican Party on any level. So I agree that that would be a better outcome, wholeheartedly. I just, I don't foresee, because there's been no precedent for it, that Donald Trump has been willing to take on any fight that moves his party internally to the right. He has punted on every single one of them. Unless I'm mistaken, if I am, by all means, correct me. I'm selling only because the last thing Kurt Schilling should be caring about is Trump's not of approval about any of this. Kurt should just go there, run if he wants to, and be Kurt and not care uh, because of the many of the reasons Steve is talking about uh, what, what Trump thinks one way or the other, because that's often a road to nowhere. Non-hyphenated America says if a reporter asked Trump about the situation in Wakanda, <laughs> he would say the exact same thing he did about Hong Kong. It's tough Hope it works out for all. We shall see. Bye. Yep. Bye. That's well done, non-hyphenated. Bye. Yes, bye. Russ Salerno says the top five basketball players of all time in order are number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Larry Bird. Number three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number four, LeBron James. Number five, Tim Duncan. Uh, I'm I'm selling that I wouldn't put Larry Bird number two. I wouldn't put Tim Duncan on the list. How do you not have Magic Johnson on the list? How do you have Oscar Robertson literally averaged a triple double for a season and it hadn't it didn't happen again for like fifty years until Russell Westbrook did it in a different era and a defense optional era. And then Will Chamberlain anyone? I don't think I gotta I gotta sell on that. I don't think at the right number one, but I'm selling on the rest. Yeah. I also don't think on a, a top five, there's there's room for one center max it's just and and it would i think kareem i think he had the most diverse i'd be fine if he had kareem team. number two um, i just don't but i don't think uh, yeah, any I don't, other I don't, yeah, I don't think you can put larry bird ahead of um uh, and i love larry bird but you can't put him ahead of like mad well he'd probably be a peer of magic johnson's but if you're gonna put bird on list you, i guess what i would say is if bird's there magic has to be there and i wouldn't put bird ahead of like wilt chamberlain for example yeah it's i sell all right I Heart Tribalism says Hosea is the most underrated book of the Bible. Hmm. I'd like to hear why. Um. Well, you have a couple things, you know. Um, 
couple of rationales I could make for buying this. My people perish for a lack of knowledge, right? That's out of Hosea, correct? I believe it's the prophet Hosea who said that. If you want to clarify, verify that for me, Aaron. But I, I think yeah, that's right. No, that's correct. Okay, yeah. all right. So is are we not, I mean, if you have a, a, a contemporary application, much of the debate you're having right now in America stems from there's been a hijacking that has taken place. I mean, the, your, your, your traditions and, and fundamental values at the founding of the country that established why we do things the way we do, why we confront the things we confront, how we correct the errors that we make. All of that's been stripped and taken away and replaced with revisionist history. So, I mean, the, the prophet Hosea was speaking in a, in a broader context to God's people during his time, but there's certainly a contemporary application for the people of this culture in our time, for sure, right? Um, and then Hosea is the one whose wife is Gomer, correct? I believe so, yeah. All right, and, and who's, who's essentially, was she a flat-out prostitute, if I recall, mm -hmm. or, or just a, what they used to call a loose woman, a flat-out prostitute? And, and he was to remain married to her in order to, it was an illustration, right, of, of God's long-suffering love for his bride, Israel, uh, and, and their uh, continuing chasing after other gods, or as God would put it in a, in a way that they would better understand, other lovers, other than who should be Jehovah, their first love. Um, boy, there's a, there's a ton of parallels there. One of the other the things. period that, of time that we are living in right that's now. That's useful about it. It's one of the, it's one of the oldest prophetic mm -hmm. uh, books, so Hosea and uh, uh, Amos. I think I'm going to buy on and they, this. They set, they set the table for yeah. what comes with uh, uh, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, etc. So, Who was uh, that? Who was that that proffered that? I heart tribalism at Danny Britton. Yeah, I, Danny, I'm going to give you a buy on that. I think that's pretty solid. I'd like to know his solid. reasons, though, but it, maybe it's just an all- yeah, I'm going to buy based on the reasons I came up with. You didn't give me yours, <laughs> so based on my reasons, I'm going to buy. If, if you would have shared yours, I might not have agreed, but since you left it open for us to interpret our own reasons, I kind of like mine. I'm going to buy on that. Yeah. Sure. All right. Matt Wells says, so gun to your head, uh, the Democrats will take over all three branches of government in D.C. in the 2020 election. Um, I think it's too early to tell on that. But here's what I, 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 I don't think you're going to see split government. I think what's, I think, I think, I think there's either, um, I, I think there's either a, a, a mandate kind of a win for Donald Trump. Like, I don't think you're going to see what you saw in 2016. In 2016, Marco Rubio got 200,000 more votes in the state of Florida than Donald Trump did. State that Trump won narrowly. And that happened all over the country. Republicans outperformed Trump all over the country. But, but now that he's president, he's, a def he's far more defined. That won't happen this time. Which means if you won't get it, if, if Trump is that big of a drag, you won't get away, you won't outperform him on the same ballot at that level, now that he's the incumbent. He will either be a rising tide that lifts all boats, or the Demo or Matt's, um, I, 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 I think that's one of the two most likely alternatives. I think the two most likely alternatives are a mandate-defining win for Trump as the country just says, you guys are crazy. I just, no way I'm doing this. Or um, what Matt says. I think those are easily the two most possible or likely outcomes. Then some kind of we 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 weaved 
uh, 78,000, 20,000 black voters for Obama stayed home in Milwaukee for the second time in a row. And uh, all the other things that had to go right for Trump to win this time when Kellyanne was on CNN at five o'clock on election night, already explaining why they lost because they thought they were all going to lose. I, I think the idea that you're going to, you know, do the magic bullet theory here where it's going to ricochet and and get JFK right in the right spot there on the motorcade. That's kind of what Trump did in 2016. I don't think that that's getting pulled off again, particularly since he's now the incumbent with a defined resume. Either he gets a statement defining reelect or the Democrats get a statement win. I think it will be one of those two outcomes, but I it's too, too early to tell which one it will be. So I'm going to hold. I'm selling, but I would sell to any outcome you would suggest would happen right now. I, I just have no idea. I have no confidence in being able to prognosticate it on this particular day. Well, I so think this play, but but I but the reason I think this is because I believe in whoever's dumbest last loses. I think there's three or four points just that are, that are lingering out there that are that are just like please give me an excuse not please give me a reason not to vote for Donald Trump like ever again. I don't want to do that ever again. I, I believe that vote exists now. I have serious doubts the Democrats are willing to craft a platform or a message to reach that voter. And and those three or four points spread out over 9, 10, 11 states mm-hmm. can, I mean, yeah. change the whole ball game. And that's where whoever's dumbest last loses comes into play. Mm-hmm. Gotta give the people a reason to vote for him. Uh, Cynical Vampire says, Jason Witten will retire after this season when he realizes Dak Prescott... <laughs> Isn't any better than he was the first time he retired. Uh, that's great. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. Uh, yeah, this is... Jason Witten seems like a good dude, but this is punch-drunk nonsense. I don't... I, I understand when you're a man playing a boy's game and the locker room and all that stuff. Man, it was hard for me to put down playing over 30 baseball. I mean, I, I really do get it. Um, but... Yeah, this is not this. This is just sad. Forty yep. million. Dak Prescott asking for forty million. Well, really? D- here, Dak Prescott's agent. See that? This is where it, it's not. He knows. Dak Prescott knows. He's not worth. And would this make him the highest paid quarterback? I don't. I can't remember who is. Um, it's. I know. The it, highest, I think it would. And yeah. I know even right now, I don't think the highest paid quarterback is who should be the highest paid quarterback. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Russell Westbrook right now. Yeah, I, I mean, believe. he's... Of co- Wilson. Yeah. Or Russell Wilson? Wilson? Yeah, I'm sorry. Of course. We were talking NBA before, of, my bad. Of course he should not be the highest paid quarterback, but he is, and and uh, it's even less true for Dak Prescott. Um, this is what agents do, though. This is the game that's played, and this is goes back to our initial conversation. It's not... It's not proportional to the reality of the sport. It's an entire game unto itself. And and so, you know, what what the market will bear, you know, that that's not if you turn that into a religion, you get crap like that. Mm. All right, Elliot Evans says, unless the U.S. intervenes in some capacity, the Hong Kong protests will fail like others before it, Tiananmen Square, the Iran protests, etc. Mm, I'll sell. That's too that's too binary there there may be some truth to that but that that that's just too flat binary i'll buy and the reason being is there's there's never been any prolonged established liberty in this world outside of the founding or the direct involvement of the united states of america and that's the truth of human history so i'll buy all right 
Jacob Hibbard says, within the next three years, we'll find out if gun owners really mean it when they say, from my cold, dead hands. Kind of macabre, but I thought it was a good I, one. I, I'll buy. I'll buy. I mean, you have a perfect storm right now where you have a president who is who is weak in view of the American people on every issue except the one they vote the most on, which is the economy. And if that were to get soft, he's got no other plan B to go back on with, with the American people. He staked his entire reelect on that. So if that were to go soft, you have the NRA right now, which is in a state of disarray. That's been well chronicled. Um, if you have an outcome like what Matt Wells previously predicted, which I think is absolutely possible that could occur, then certainly at no other point that you've seen since the Brady bill in 1993, I think that was, or 94. So you're going back at the very least since in the, in the last quarter century, for sure. You'd see an unprecedented, and all of those are very plausible possibilities. Um, so I'll buy. Uh, yeah, I keep find, fighting in my head while Steve's talking to say no, but I'll have to buy as well. Who would have guessed we would have said that like two or three years ago? Maybe even six months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Martin Parks says, now we need a ruling on the dude code here. Grown men walking around the airport with travel pillows fastened to their necks is a dude code Bye. violation. Bye. If, yeah, if, I got to buy on that. Yeah. Bye. And if you've got a medical condition, man, get a brace, right? But a pillow around your neck, bro? Especially one a that's- pillow around your neck. Not black or dark blue. Yeah, any, I got to Any pastel, bright color. See, here's... I, I, in fact, this is so self-evident. I'm, I'm only hesitating. I'm like, am I missing This is broader. Something? This is broader. Here, because this, this is a, you know, subheading of you, men. Y- you are, by definition, not supposed to be comfortable all the time. That, that's, well, where, who told you that? You're not supposed to be comfortable. <laughs> you're not. You're supposed to seeking various levels of discomfort in various venues in order to provide comfort for others well yeah among yeah. other things yes yeah. you're not supposed to be comfortable all the time. now which is not to say that in that bag of yours you know you tend to uh you know get a stiff neck or something like that yeah, yeah that's fine but you put that thing in your bag you don't walk around and if you like, get an injury they just get a neck brace right but but a pillow you want to walk why would a dude want to walk around in public with a pillow. Why, why would you do that? Around your neck. His why? name is Jessica. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, moving on. Uh, Bacon says, Aaron has never seen The Godfather and for the last two days has been wondering how short Chris Cuomo must be to be referred to as a hobbit. So, I've seen The Godfather. You have seen it? I have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on. I was absolute, 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 absolute classic. But since Aaron has seen The Godfather, the point has moved. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Daniel Olson says, buy, sell, the three most probable outcomes of the U.S. in order. Number one, French Revolution, where God and the ruling class is ejected from culture and a new nation is formed for the quote-unquote people. Number two, a civil war where the right wins because we have the guns. And number three, the Russian Revolution, 1917, leftists win. So he says the most likely outcome is the French Revolution. Do you agree? Um. I'm going to sell. I think that's brilliant analysis. But I think you're missing 
the most obvious and likely outcome. Yeah, I love your French Revolution analysis. I mean, essentially, that's what a lot of the modern right wants to have. They don't want to yep. refight the American Revolution. They want the French Revolution. Yep. Okay? My secular mob versus yours. You know, my, my secular pillow biters, uh, my secular mouth breathers versus yours. That's what a lot of the right wants. Okay? That's why there's such a, 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 a zeal to go out and whatever the new perversion. I just saw. Uh, it, I just it, saw find our own version of it. I just saw a Chiron the other day uh, that w- it was uh, being gay in the NRA. Yeah, I mean that's that's really what much of the right nowadays is is abandoned the the principles of the American Revolution and really wants to fight the French Revolution. Really, okay, but. I think the most likely outcome is not on your list. Those are all great historical examples and analyses, Daniel. But the, the most likely outcome is this just becomes China. The most, the most likely outcome is that I, I got a cell phone and a gaming system and an HDTV, so I'll roll over. That's the most likely outcome. I mean, well, I think the symbiosis we were talking about yesterday is because that outcome's already yeah, happening. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's overwhelmingly the most likely outcome. That's why it's revival or bust. In fact, I think you're giving both sides way too much credit with with any of your historical analogies. Um, I, 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 I this is uh, you know. Is it T.S. Eliot I'm quoting here? This is how the world ends. This is how the world ends. This is how the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. We're going out on wax my balls, bigot. We're not, we're not going out on some, you know, grand debate, whether it be a fallacy or not. You know, we're going out on drag queen story time. We're going out on robot umpires. <laughs> All right. We're going to roll this. We're rolling over here. You know, rub my belly. You know, give me a mobile phone and a HDTV and a gaming system. Just rub my belly. And we'll call it good. That's how we're going out. This is going to be the first superpower ever undone by its own, primarily undone by its own complacency. So, I, I, I think that's great historical analysis. But just as the United States is, uh, the United States is ascension, and the way that it happened was unprecedented in human history. I think if indeed we were to cease being exceptional in the greatest country on earth, I think that would the way it would happen would be precedent-setting as well. And you're already seeing the opening salvo of that very precedent being set as we speak. I'll just add to that that number two is once it reaches that level of crescendo, wholesale, holistic revolution— that's the most likely that we have the guns in in this day and age is not it, it's it's a it's a robust protection still at a m- more micro level but once you get that wholesale macro level i mean this this military it, it, if this military is not on your side that just doesn't matter we'll come back our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation daniel horowitz will be joining us to take us inside politics next right here live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast stay tuned you 
It's all the rage these days in the criminal underworld. It's called home title fraud. In fact, the former head of the FBI's cyber crimes unit was recently on 60 Minutes warning America about this very thing. Here's how it works. Uh, most of our mortgage notes and home titles are kept online nowadays, which is good news because it makes it more accessible for us when we need to uh, access that information. On the other hand, though, also makes it more vulnerable for scammers. And what they do is they hack into these databases. They then uh, file your paperwork under their name. They take out loans against your home's equity, using your home as collateral, liquidating your equity for themselves. They'll stick you with the late payments. Uh, often you won't even find out until those show up uh, with those notices or even a foreclosure notice. There was a case in Pennsylvania earlier this year where a poor couple kept having their home put up for sale because somebody had done this to them. Hey, you, you can't let this occur. It's the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have in the course of their lifetimes. It's their own home. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock will make sure that it's protected. Right now, you can get 60 days of a risk-free protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Keep in mind, your bank cannot protect you from this, neither can your identity theft protection, but Home Title Lock will. In fact, you can get started right now, 60 days risk-free to protect the most important investment any American will ever have, their own home, at HomeTitleLock.com. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. How you doing? We're doing all right, Steve. Uh, wish I weren't in this profession, but you know, I want everyone to be as miserable as I am. So and let's it, just get it on. And it beats going down a mine shaft with a flashlight, brother. Although they're soon to ban that too, because it's bad yep. for the environment. So we've never done this before, but I got three questions during the segment before you came on. We play this little game called buy, seller, hold. We let the audience ask us anything about anything. And then we decide, are we buying that? Are we selling it? Are we holding it for a various reason? I got uh, three of the questions I received in the last hour are right in your wheelhouse. And I, and I struggled with how to answer them. So I want to share these with you. I'm going to tell you briefly how I answered, and then I want to give you the chance to respond. You ready to go? Perfect. Let's shoot. All right. Here's number one. If the Republicans pass red flag gun laws this year, Trump loses the election and the Senate next year. Now, my response to this was, you know, I, I told a Wall Street Journal reporter who contacted me about this yesterday, when you're only president because of fewer than 78,000 total votes in three states, you don't have to alienate too many people to, to get defeated the next time. But given how radicalized the Democrats are, given the fact there is certainly a segment of the voters that would love a choice to choose other than Trump, but they're not really getting much of a safe harbor from the Democratic Party right now. And given how much the Republican base hates the party, but realizes that the alternative are communists, I'm not sure what the ratio of, of how much bend there is to offend your own base and they still show up for you if the old rules still apply, given what today's Democratic Party is. But how would you answer this? So that's very complicated. I, in my view, I think that there's two scenarios. There's Joe Biden winning the nomination and there's someone other than Joe Biden winning the nomination. I believe if Democrats nominate Joe Biden, they're much more likely to win no matter what than if they don't nominate him. So if you throw this as part of the equation, Steve, I actually think I don't think it will make a difference. Whatever chances they have of winning or not winning, which wax and wane by the day, I don't think this will make much of a difference. And I say that very negatively. Um, we have a base that is asleep. We have a base that only turns to God, so to speak, when they're out of power. 
I was recently playing some videos from CPAC in 2010 on my show. Oh boy! And man, you could hear the fire. You could hear the. <laughs> I bet. Um, the the values. I mean, nothing brings people closer to righteousness than Democrats in charge, and we saw that in 2010. But because Trump is officially in charge, there is almost nothing that they can do that will not result in the, in in um that will result in a righteous reaction from the base. Here's the irony, Steve. There's a third option. It's not like, oh, do you stay home or not? It's show up to vote now. And what I mean by voting is all of the people who have a voice get involved and say it's unacceptable and you won't have it. But here is the thing. Republicans are good at pricking right up to the line. And my concern is that they would only do a red flag law. And I don't think it would be enough to cause a rebellion. I think if they were to do a 90s-style so-called assault weapons ban, then I think it's possible you can get that result that your listener um, uh, mailed in. But I think if they stop short of that, I don't think it will fundamentally make a difference. I don't even know that Democrats would even go for a red flag law. I don't even know that they'd do it. I don't know that they'd go for anything short of confiscation. I mean, that's that's part of the process that we've just discussed where they're not really offering a, a port in the storm for people that want off the Trump train. I mean, they're kind of just saying, well, the opposite of Trump is uh, hammer and sickle. Let's go to proposition number two. I'm going to get your take on this one. All right. Um, The Democrats will take over all three branches of government in D.C. in the 2020 general election. Now, here's how I answered this one. I think overwhelmingly the two most likely outcomes. Like, I don't don't think there's almost any chance. We're going to see what we saw in 2016, where I have new dash of bat. 20 black voters for Obama in Milwaukee stay home and you win Wisconsin. Uh, and Marco Rubio gets 200,000 more votes statewide in Florida than you do in a Senate race. And you're, you still win the state as president. I don't think there's any chance that formula is getting emulated because now Trump is the known quantity as a president with a resume. So I think either he gets in response to how crazy the Democrats are. I think either he gets some kind of mandate defining win as a repudiation of the Democratic Party and lifts Republicans nationwide as a result. Or... What Matt says, and and, and what I just shared with you, Matt Wells was the listener who sent that to us. I think either one of those two things occurs. I think either the Democrats take total control or Trump gets some kind of a mandate-defining win. I think those are the overwhelming, most likely possible conclusions here. What's your take on his question? So I I think that would have been true if you transplant this same dynamic to the political environment 20, 30, 40 years ago. Now, as you always say, Steve, that we have inveterate constituencies that are just entrenched in in their views either way. So I think it's a little bit more technical than that. Um, It's very likely. And let me refine that because you're right. When I say mandate, I'm not talking like, you know. Reagan or in 84, Nixon in 72 in response to McGovern, probably the closest either party can come to a real mandate in the current balkanization is Obama 08, where Indiana gets competitive. North Carolina goes blue. All right. So maybe Trump, when no. maybe Trump's map looks a lot like it looked in 2020, he's just stronger in those or 2016. He's just stronger in those states. That's what I meant by that. Maybe in the margins, I could see that. Um, so let's go good good case scenario for Republicans, bad case scenario. Good case scenario, I think I would say more like Bush's 2004 win. The states might be slightly different, but those type of margins, Obama's 2008 Democrat win was much larger. I My view is I don't think Republicans are capable of it. Okay. Until and unless we have a new party and a new movement with a new message um, that, that just breaks with the past – 
because of the juggernaut of demographics, education, and Republican stupidity, I think it's a very narrow window no matter what. At the same time, on the bad end, um, I don't see them losing the Senate. I mean, the Democrats have the Senate anyway, uh, in all but name only. But just if you look at the map, it, the Republicans could pick up a seat in Alabama, maybe elsewhere, and Democrats don't have too many options. So I, I, I don't, I don't see that in the cards. Okay, one final one I want to get your take on is this one right here. Buy sell. The three most probable outcomes for the U.S. are one: a French Revolution where God and the ruling class is ejected from the culture, and a new nation is formed for the people. Two: a civil war where the right wins because we have the guns. Or three, a Russian revolution in 1917, leftist win. And while I appreciated all of Daniel's historical analogies, my answer to this was, I thought he was missing the most obvious solution. We just become another China, where the people are content with cell phones, uh, you know, uh, on-demand pay-per-view, you know, streaming on their laptops and gaming systems. And we just roll over and just let government do whatever we want to us as long as uh, we're satiated. I mean, you know, like what the Shycoms figured out. That's how they cracked the code post Tiananmen Square, right? That's what I think is the most likely scenario. But what's your take? Option four. I mean, that that's the problem. I, I wish your listeners would be correct in that. And I think a lot of people on both sides talk about a civil war. There's a number of reasons why that's not going to happen. With modern living, people aren't as desperate if they disagree on things, and certainly not on the right. For all the accusations of violence, there's really only ubiquitous, large-scale violence on the left. You, you could have lone wolf terrorists on the right, but you know you don't you don't have enough people willing to even engage in that, uh, whether you're hoping for that outcome or not. Um, in terms of a Bolshevik revolution, why would the Democrats need to do that? Option three, they're successfully doing it irrespective of yeah, who wins the election. They own all the institutions. Anyway. The Bolsheviks did right. The 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 um I mean DH I'm just telling you I deal with DHS it literally has not except for Ken Cuccinelli um it has not changed since Obama it's just as bad in some ways it's worse um nothing changes the problem is always the reason why we're here is the reason we're going to continue to be here we have what the military calls if you would um, move the analogy the metaphor over to politics we have what's called a gray zone conflict. It's not a black zone conflict. It's the same problem we have at the border with the cartels. So if ISIS were at the border, it would be more obvious to people because they would directly try to kill our agents mm -hmm. and directly try to kill us. Here, it's more of a gray zone conflict with the cartels. Similar thing with politics. It's too gray zone. Um, and, and mixed with what you said, that modern technology, everyone's fat and happy. Um, their lives don't matter enough or what happens doesn't matter enough to their lives to really force change. People don't know what to do. It's Coke or Pepsi. It's the two parties. That's why we are where we are. It's the slow boil. Every time we think we're going to reach a cathartic moment, we don't get there. There's nothing that will ever catalyze it. If something would – so so let, let, let's just say, for example, what this would look like, even a political revolution on the right. Um, Democrats take over – like in 2009, they do it again in 2021. They come in and they erect a mosque in Congress and start engaging in castration, transgender surgery, and perform abortions at the dais of the of the clerk of the house. So they'll be three. You know, people will will hate on them. Within two months, they'll fall out of favor with the public, and you'll see a massive wave in 2023. But what's that wave? The wave goes into the same corrupt Republican 
Right. Candidates. We've, we we, take, we, we ride that wave on, we're going to do something about all the stuff you're pissed off about, get into office and do absolutely nothing about it and just make sure that our corporatist cronies are satiated, right? And we just except the repeat landscape, itself. Yeah. Except the landscape is eons to the left of where it was in 2011 with the Tea Party that now the debt is $10 trillion more and there's even more illegal immigrants and the courts control how many times you could pass gas a day. And I mean, you name it, you know, we 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 we're like frogs in boiling water. We become acclimated to what's going on. It becomes the new normal. We expect it. And I, Steve, I don't know what it's going to take. I'm I'm really struggling so let, with let this. Me, this is yeah. Let me ask you a loaded question then, because this this Jeffrey Epstein thing has me, uh, uh, you know, way over the line. I don't buy any of it. I think this. I think the idea that he killed himself in a cell in a maximum security prison mere hours after the first docu-dump implicated all kinds of new VIPs and names we'd not yet heard associated with him. Not a coincidence. Now they're trotting out in the New York Times. Their first official story is the guards, two guards fell asleep. So the entire federal maximum security facility can, can be the entire, all safeguards, everything. The entire process of a federal maximum security prison in the year 2019, can all be undone if if, if Curly and Moe fall asleep at 2 a.m., okay? So, and then you've got Elizabeth Warren out there claiming uh, the whole Michael Brown narrative that the Obama Justice Department debunked, you know? There, Stacey Abrams claiming Republicans are sending uh, uh, unmarked uh, or, or, or uh, off-duty police officers to stop non-whites from voting. <laughs> A president who wants to, who's far more interested in tweeting about Chris Cuomo than what's happening in Hong Kong, right? I look at all of this, and now I hear, I hear what you just said, and I can't disagree with any of it. So here's a loaded question I want to I get your take on before I let you go. Why vote? Steve, some people aren't going to like what I say. I don't think there's a reason to vote, but again... There's a stronger vote every single day. You're one out of, what, 120 million votes? But if you call the White House and you call Republican senators as a Republican voter, whether they know you're voting or not, you have exponentially more influence. The problem is we don't vote every one of the three. No, and and the reaction of somebody like you is to come back with better than Hillary. Why did you want Hillary to win, Daniel? And, and, and my point is, you want Hillary to win by ensuring that Ivanka gets criminals let out of jail, guns locked up in jail and taken away, um, losing on every single policy issue that we can engage in. All the noisemakers, if all this noise on the right were dedicated to doing what some of us do, they would feel the hate, the, the well, the, the hate. The, no, you had it right the, the first time. <laughs> And um, but well, they need to sense some hate that there will be backlash by the base. Mm -hmm. Trump will um, listen to it more than anyone else. He's sensitive to it. And we could have had a very different two and a half years. There are certain things about him you're not going to fix, but we could have had a very different year. I mean, every day 
There are insane stories of uh, high-capacity assault criminal aliens that get to remain in the country and do things that, taken together, are much greater than El Paso, not to diminish that. And it's not even talked about by a single Republican member, a single conservative media figure, a single DHS figure, a single member of the White House up until and including Trump. So, yeah, I mean, if you— if you can't change something that people don't know about, and you can't know about it if no one who has the power to do so is talking about it. So what I'm what I'm bothered by more is the vote we have every one of the 700-some days in between every other Tuesday, every other year in um, – first Tuesday every other year in November to actually influence the outcome of the people who are scared of us and consider us their base if we totally disengage and focus on Cuomo and things like that every day, then yes, it doesn't matter to vote. But if you're going to do what some of us do every day, Steve, I will tell you it will matter to vote because it does matter to get in Republicans because there's a certain degree, depending on the type of Republicans, but particularly Trump, that they will feel the pressure, and they will be spawned to some degree of action if we held them accountable. Mm. There's a third option. Vote every day between the election. I'm sorry, I missed a lot of that. I just found the coolest Chris, Chris Cuomo Fredo meme. What were you yep. saying? I'm sorry. No, I mean, and, and that's the problem. And, and, and Steve, you they could come back from the August recess with MS-13 raping and dismembering people every day, sanctuary cities like getting away with murder, stuff like coming through that border beyond Hold on, Don belief. Lemon's facing a sexual harassment lawsuit. What were you saying? And, and, and while that's happening, Mitch McConnell and Ivanka Trump, including Donald Trump, will push gun control. And rather than all hands on deck, it's going to be exactly what you're talking about. Thanks for coming on, man. I, you know, the number one reason I like having you on is the audience needs someone else to, to hear someone else say this, so it's not me all the time. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you, man. God Happy bless. Happy to share in the misery. Yep. Take care. You guys have any quick thoughts before we get out of here today on uh, what you just heard from Mr. Horowitz? And did you see that Killer Fredo meme with Cuomo, by the way? Lit. Well, basically all I've got to say is this. <laughs> we need a little of this right now. <laughs> We need a little Christmas right now. Yeah. Yes. The Cambodian smoking toddler. Isn't that great, though? Bet. Like one of the greatest videos of all time. Yeah. I mean, if only we had like a, the only thing that would top it is watching the jihadists get blown up like in real time. If we had something like that, that'd be great, too. But I don't right now. Sorry. That's yeah, okay. Sorry. Sight never, unseen. Never. Any ballot, any issue, any office, I'd vote for that kid. Not knowing who he is, where he's doing, yep. what he's going to vote for him over whatever we got. Yep. I just. Just because, yeah, just that part of, right there. He gets it. Yeah, I love the twirling. I mean, he's got there's like a, there's a Humphrey Bogart. Yep, you know, uh, swag mm -hmm. man. Well, look yeah. at him holding court. I, I mean, know it's like he's the Buddha. I know he's having like a fireside chat there with a lung dart. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You know, dispensing great pearls of wisdom in between puffs, man. That was bad. <laughs> Problem is, I can't argue with any of it. I can't argue with any of it. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, back at it again tomorrow from noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317.
This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.